I, I will be so happy to see it in bookshelves where, you know, women can walk by and see black women because we, you know, we exist everywhere. So you think the Democratic Party cares about black people? Believe it or not, Rex, I think that tweet is part of the problem. Do you feel like we could have addressed this homeless issue much sooner? You have to speak a word, make it a good one. Welcome back to The Word. Once again, I am Jackie Ray. I am here with Diane Marie Brown. I'm excited because she is an author, and I always am so intrigued by authors. As a journalist, obviously, I appreciate and love the written word, but putting in that, that in long format into a novel, especially one that has a level of drama, a little bit of curses here and there. I'm always excited about stuff like that. And I love to read, especially things that focus on the black community. So I'm excited because we are going to talk about her book that is coming out on February 28th. And guess what? Added bonus, she's from Long Beach. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Northern California in Stockton, okay. uh, the Central Valley. And um, after high school, I went to UCLA and just stayed in Southern California. So what was appealing about Long Beach for you to make your roots here? Well, uh, I used to visit here. Uh, a couple of my best friends at UCLA were from Long Beach. So I would come down and stay with them on the weekends, mm -hmm. do my laundry. Uh, and then my husband happened to be from Long yeah. Beach. So we settled in his hometown. So he went to Jordan. So, okay. Yeah. I always giggle when I hear, we all have that same story. Uh, like I had friends, I had to go do my laundry. Right, right. It's either parents <laughs> or friends, right. I had to go do my laundry. So what did you major in when you went to UCLA? So I majored in sociology okay. um, and, um, and business. And, but I had uh, my sophomore year, I got pregnant and I had a kid at a very, very early age. And, um, she, I was able to take her back with me to UCLA. I took mm. kind of like two quarters off and uh, resumed school. But she had a lot of health issues and mm. we would be in the hospital like every holiday, it seemed like mm. for like asthma. And so that really got me interested in public health. So after I graduated, I went back to UCLA for my master's in public health. So that's where my uh, career has really been focused. So you go from a career in public health to now on February 28th, you have a novel coming out. That seems like a windy road. Can you tell us a little yes. bit about that? Yes. So <laughs> I, I've always told stories. I've always liked to write stories, um, but never really thought of it as something that I could do. Mm. Um, you know, I just when I thought about going to college, it's like you're going for a specific degree for a specific type of, you know, a teacher right. or an architect or a doctor or something like that. I never thought about anything artistic like um, being a writer. But um, as I got older, then I really recalled writing stories and thought about maybe doing that. Um, so I would write little things here and there. Um, I worked for the Long Beach Health Department and for their 100th anniversary, uh, there is, uh, they wanted to do something big uh, to celebrate. And so I wrote a play mm. uh, where there were roles given to Long Beach Health Department employees. And we put it on during Public Health Week for the Health Department staff. And people liked it so much that they wanted to bring it to the public. So we did it again at the uh, Long Beach uh, Terrace Theater. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I want to do this 
for forever. So I went to, I went back and I, um, I went to USC this time and they had a professional writing program. And so I got a degree in fiction from there. And that's where, uh, this book started as a, um, assignment in one of my classes there. You got a degree from rivaling schools? I know, I know. But it's good because that, that way I never have to choose. I can always represent. Very true, yeah. very true. Now, you mentioned your daughter had health issues. Did mm-hmm. that somehow put you on this path? Because like you said it put you on your path to you know, work in health and things. So do you kind of attribute some of her health issues to putting you on this path that you're on now as far as writing? Um, Somewhat because um, I knew that I really wanted to um, – focus on something that was, well, I went into public health because I wanted to do something that was uh, helpful for people. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, I just love being creative. And that was something that my mom always uh, shared and um, a gift I feel that she gave to me and my daughters. And so um, exploring that creativity, my kids are into music and sports. And so I'm just wanting to show them to pursue something that is um, that they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do the same thing for myself. So you obviously have always been creative, but like you said, you that wasn't a career you thought about. Do mm-hmm. you think that um, sometimes, I just know that like for me, I've always wanted to do something creative. My mom was like, you're gonna get a degree in this and you're mm-hmm. gonna, because for my mom, it was more about making sure her daughter was secure financially. Right. And for my mom, it just didn't seem like anything creative, including being a journalist was something that was mm-hmm. going to sustain me long-term. Do you think that that, might have played into your decision at first to really not pursue a creative career? Yeah, definitely. Especially back when um, when I was in high school, like everything was very practical. So yes, you are, if you go to college, you're investing in your future. So you want to do something that is going to pay off, where there's going to be a job, not not some wishy-washy creative thing and who knows what's going to happen, not something arty. Um, so I, you know, not just my parents are teachers, my dad, my dad's a mathematician. And so, um, and then uh, counselors back then, they didn't really, I don't think, push people into right. those areas. And so um, I feel like things are different now. Like, I'm glad that even at a pretty young age, uh, young people have a chance to explore and, you know, think about what they might excel at or what they want to do in their futures a lot more than it was than back when I was younger. So the book is called Black Candle Woman, and it's about a family drama for generations of black women living under the same roof as well as a family curse. Now, you Mm -hmm. said this started um, with an assignment from USC. So can you tell me? the birthplace and what what was the assignment that made you say okay this is something i want to create yeah you know it's funny i still this i went to school it was over 10 years ago so i don't remember the exact right. assignment it's been a long road but uh i do remember my i wrote what uh the first chapter um and i remember sharing it around the table there were four women i want there to be a curse it was a little bit different then um but the curse was the same, but they were using it a little bit differently then. They actually were kind of uh, using it to kill people. <laughs> but uh, I watch a lot of crime TV, so that would appeal to me yes, in some weird yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as I started writing it more, I really wanted it to be more about the family element and them overcoming um, a family curse. And so, um, yeah. It, but I had the characters right away from that 
from that assignment, I recall. So how, how much of this is a reflection of people in your own life as far as the characters? Um, they're not exact people that I know, but there's a lot of influence. So both of my parents are from Louisiana and we would travel back there um, every summer. My mom and I would go by train to New Orleans and spend time with my uncle. And so they're just like some people from there that I remember that um, maybe had some influence on uh, some of the characters. Um, and also just, I was an only child. I always wanted sisters. I didn't know my grandparents. So it was also kind of me creating uh, those relationships. So I, I have grandparents. I have a great grandmother. I have um, a, there's a sister relationship. I think those are just things I kind of craved when I was younger. And so just brought them into this story. So I don't want to give away too much of the book, but in your own words, can you give us a synopsis that doesn't give away too much? Yes. So uh, Black Candle Woman tells the story of the Montrose uh, family, um, women who live in Long Beach, and uh, they've lived in isolated lives, and that's all because they want to protect themselves against a uh curse that kills anyone with whom they fall in love. So uh, Victoria, who is a uh, therapist and works out of her home, she's crafted this lifestyle where they don't have to interact very much with anyone outside of uh, her clients. Uh, and uh, they've created this uh, life protecting the teenager in the family, Nikki, who doesn't know about the curse. And the book starts when she brings home a love interest for the first time. And so mm. now they're forced to reckon with uh, the secret that they've tried to maybe pretend that they wouldn't have to deal with. But um, as parents, we know, as our kids get older, we have, you know, at some point, some of those things uh, have to be acknowledged and dealt with. And so mm -hmm. that's where we start the story. You know, when I was reading the breakdown of it, I saw, you know, four generations and curse. Mm -hmm. And my first thought was, is this a play on something that we hear about the black community all the time in that generational curses that we have not yet addressed and yeah. we need to move past? Did that play into that as well? Yeah, I'd say that's de a definite theme. Mm -hmm. um, that's, uh, although it's very much operationalized as an actual cursed. Mm -hmm. um, and so we learn about the curse's origin from, um, we go back to 1950s New Orleans to learn about uh, the curse from a voodoo priestess named Bella Nova. Um, so that was an actual curse, but you're, you're right about the larger theme of overcoming general generational curses with families. I think that's beautiful. My dad is also from New Orleans. Oh. He's, um, part Creole, and, yeah. but he doesn't talk about it a lot. You know, a lot of the, uh, my family's super Christian. So a lot of the way he was raised wasn't really embraced. So it, it's not really talked about a lot. So I love that there's something that even someone like me can tap into and kind of, feel connected in some way you know my dad passed in 2015 so that's that's a connection that I never really got to to have so when you when when you know that that book is going to build a connection is that a goal when you're writing to make sure people have something that they connect to or is it just really you getting out something that you feel is beautiful and you hope that it inspires others as well uh yeah it's a little of both I definitely want to write something that um I that I love and that I'm passionate about and that moves me in some way, um, especially, um, this doesn't happen to every writer, but 
as I mentioned, I started this over 10 years ago. So I've right. lived with this for a long time and did a ton of revision even after it was picked up by a publisher. Mm -hmm. So I had it had to be something that I really like mm -hmm. uh, connected to and loved and wouldn't, you know, get annoyed reading for the hundredth time. But of course, it's my dream that I want uh, readers to connect to it in some way to mm -hmm. connect to, um, you know, it could be the uh, the family history. It could be the New Orleans piece. It could be the curse. It mm -hmm. could be um, kind of the mini coming of age um, story for the the youngest. Um, so many things. And so hopefully people do connect to um, components of the story. Yeah. So you said it was picked up by um, Graydon House Books. Mm -hmm. How does that road go when you're when you've written something and you're confident in it and you think it's a great piece how do you go from creating this amazing novel to getting a publisher what does that look like just for our young uh potential novelists and writers out there yeah well usually the case is that you you write a book you finish the whole thing <laughs> sometimes people are like i have some three great chapters but mm -hmm. for novels you have to finish the whole thing and then in order to publish usually with um a big five um traditional publishers you get an agent first mm. and then they pitch it to different um, editors at publishing houses and hopefully somebody will pick it up um i tried that route for a long time uh i didn't find an agent I would revise it and then go back. Um, but I had kind of moved on from this because I wasn't successful in finding an agent. And so um, in 2020, uh, the summer of 2020, uh, organizations, uh, because of events that had happened uh, with George Floyd mm. uh, earlier in the summer, you saw organizations that were trying to um, you know, find ways to um, reconcile, uh, you know, so many harms that, of course, they can't do, mm -hmm. you know, with black, with a black square or whatever. Mm -hmm. right. But, you know, you did see organizations trying to do something um, to um, access different audiences and uh, give opportunities that maybe hadn't been given before. And so uh, Graydon House did an open call for mm. Black authors who didn't have agents. And so I had this on the, you know, and I have this file in my computer that I hadn't thought about in a while, but I sent a uh, some sample pages and a query to them. And there was an editor who connected to it. And um, about seven, eight months later in early 2021, she reached out and said, we would love to purchase your book and we'll help you find an agent. So before I signed with them, they connected me to an agent who is wonderful and who I probably would not have gotten a chance to connect to otherwise. And then it's been um, kind of taking, it just took off from there. So mm -hmm. yeah. When you got that call, what was your first thought? Oh my gosh. I just, <laughs> I, I wanted to, I cried. I laughed. I, um, you mentioned your father. I lost my mom in 2016. Mm -hmm. And like she, as I mentioned, she's kind of at the heart of anything I do creative. So I, you know, I cried, uh, sad that she didn't get to see this happen for me, but right. I think she, I feel like she believed it would happen for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Um, and she, she read a version of the book at one point. So I was just glad about that. So 
but I'm I celebrated too. Yeah, yeah, of course. As <laughs> yeah. you said, this is such a a blessing, and the the chain of events that had to happen for this to mm-hmm. come to fruition is amazing. Um, I'm just sitting here and I'm looking at the cover. It is absolutely gorgeous. Thank you. The artist is a woman named uh, Bokiba, and she is in the UK, and mm. I I loved it. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. The colors. Um, I'm just gonna hold it up so you guys who are watching us on YouTube mm-hmm. can see it. It's absolutely gorgeous, um, and I just love the representation. Did that play into it as well? Are you happy to know that there's? Because I feel like now as Black women, sometimes we just don't have positive representation, even when it comes to something as simple as stuff that makes us laugh in a way. I just mm-hmm. don't think we have a lot of positive representation. And then I'm seeing this gorgeous cover. Mm-hmm. You're here telling this story as a beautiful black woman as well. Mm-hmm. Do you feel good about being able to represent for black women in that way? I do. I love that the words, uh, there's candle in the middle, but there's black women <laughs> in the title. Right. Um, and there are three beautiful black women on the cover, which you you don't see that very often. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I, as soon as I saw it, I, I knew I'm like, yes, that's more better than what I could have ever, you know, thought of mm-hmm. for, for this book. And um, I, I will be so happy to see it in bookshelves where, you know, women can walk by and see black women. Cause we, you know, we exist everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so um, including bookshelves. So yes. February 28th. It's an exciting day for you. What are you going to do on that day? Oh, well, um, I am a a professor at Orange Coast College and we have a division meeting. I'm going to ask my dean if I can skip. I'm not going to tell him. (laughs) I I mean, I'm not going to say why. I'm just going to tell the night before I'm going to say, I don't think I'm going to make it to the meeting Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to um, wake up early and just uh, maybe have a mimosa and celebrate, take pictures, maybe go to a couple of uh, bookstores and mm-hmm. find it on shelves. And then that evening, um, I have a launch event at a local bookstore, uh, Belcanto Books. And so I'll be doing um, a reading and a chat with another author there. That's here in Long Beach. Yes. Right? We, I, it was, what, a week ago? I was at their, um, an event that they had. Oh. I'm telling our uh, viewers and readers and listeners to maybe check them out. So what oh, day What day are you going to be there doing that? On the 28th. On, on the 28th. Tuesday. Yes. Perfect. So what time? <laughs> at 6 o'clock. Okay, yeah. You guys go check that out. You guys have the address, but I'll put it in the um, description as well. Are you going to do any book signings in Long Beach yes. anywhere? Yes, I'll be doing book signings that, that night. And okay. also... Um, I will be at the Long Beach uh, Public Library, the downtown library, on um, March 16th at from 5.30 to 7 at a, another event where I'll be doing a reading, questions, and book signings. Oh, this is perfect. So you guys should read the book in advance <laughs> and then come ask questions. I will. I plan on being there as well Wonderful. because I just, I'm so excited to meet you and just hear your story and knowing that it's in Long Beach. What neighborhood is it based in in Long Beach? Oh, or is it just Long Beach in general? I It's supposed to be... Um, in close to downtown Long okay. Beach. Hey, that's where the Long Beach Post is. <laughs> Very excited little about Bix, that. Little Bixby Knolls, because that's where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, there's mm-hmm. a couple, there's um, a restaurant or two. I don't name them, but I think people that go to those restaurants will know. Them. Well, thank you so much for joining us on The Word. You know, this is a, uh, I created this not being from Long Beach and having to dive in. And now I'm meeting all these amazing people in the Long Beach community. And it's just great to meet you and and let our listeners and our readers know about you as well. 
Thank you. It's great meeting you too. Thanks for doing this. Yes, you're welcome. Okay, you guys. So Black Candle Woman, um, it's going to be on shelves February 28th everywhere where books are are sold. I can't wait to see what the future holds for you. Um, I can't wait to see what book you have next. Uh, so make sure you keep us posted because the Laundry, Long Beach Post would love to support you in your journey um, and be there for you every step of the way. I'm excited for you and congratulations again. I might have to do a book review on this one for you. So make sure you stay tuned, subscribe, and don't forget if you have to speak a word, make it a good one.